We're going to um, continue our series that we started the first week on uh, the Holy Spirit and being full of the Holy Spirit and uh, giving Him place in our lives. Sometimes the devil wants to tell you, like, you're going to die or, you know, he wants to kill you. And uh, he's a liar. <laughs> he's a liar from the beginning. And uh, he's the father of lies. And, um, you know, there's no truth in him, the Bible actually tells us. I know Keith Moore uh, said when he first started out in ministry, the devil kept telling him, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And he was like, man, am I going to die? Like, you know. And the thoughts kept coming, thoughts kept coming. Finally, the Lord said to him, why don't you ask him why he hasn't killed you already if he has the power to do it? <laughs> and he said, okay, why haven't you killed me already? Because you can't do it. And so, uh, but you realize that can be true, but you could actually be like when they train a flea circus, you know, <laughs> they put them in this little box and they start jumping and bouncing. They get used to that limitation. And then you take the box off and you look and there's a little flea circus and they're just jumping right here and they don't go anywhere else because they think like they're still bound and they think they still have the limitations, <laughs> but really like the limitations were taken off, but they still act the same because they don't know. And they're so familiar and they're so used to it. And so, uh, then they live in that limitation. And I think that's why one of the reasons, I mean, there's obviously many reasons, some I'm aware of and many that I'm not, that Jesus said, it is so expedient, it is so much better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't send the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14 and chapter 16. So we'll start there in John chapter 14 and chapter 16, and we'll look at a couple things uh, that Jesus said. We'll start with uh, John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. Uh, verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. So there's something about Jesus going to the Father that actually enables greater works, and it's very important because Jesus said, verily, verily. Like, I know you said that last week. Like, that's equivalent, they say, in modern times to us saying, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Or maybe like the oath of office that the, that the uh, president-elect will take this week when you take an oath. I know when I joined the Air Force, I had to raise my right hand and take an oath. And so it's a very uh, serious thing uh, when, you, when you speak that way and you commit to what you say. And so he's saying, like, pay extra attention to this. I'm telling you, this is how it is. It's like Jesus saying... Honestly, I'm telling you. You're thinking like, Jesus, thank you for not lying to me this time. <laughs> like emphatically, I'm saying like, pay extra attention to this. Um, verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, um, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Uh, down to verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, remember, uh, one of the biggest things that will help you in understanding the Bible, understanding the Word of God, is if you, like, I went in my Bible, and I just put, like, I think it's yellow and green highlighter. But there is a, a part in the Gospels. At the end of the Gospels, most of them, it's in, like, the last chapter of that Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 
where there is a huge change that takes place because Jesus was died, buried, and rose again and became the firstborn of a new generation or a new species of being, one translation tells us. And so at that point, then now we start to learn about, if you're born again, our new life. Because up to that point, uh, the followers of Christ, the disciples, the learners, those that like modeled their life after his, they were doing it really just with their own power and maybe an anointing that was coming upon them, but not up from within them. So there's a big difference when you read the Gospels and you read the biggest portion of the Gospels, you're reading about people that were not born again. Like that's why Jesus said, in the kingdom of God, the least one, the lowest one in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist was there, he was like the greatest man of God until Jesus showed up in that whole time. And Jesus is saying like, okay, you think like he's great. Wait till you see this new creation species of people that are coming on board. And I came actually to make it possible. So um, that's why he said, uh, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Right? Because they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet. And then uh, John chapter 16, and we'll look at verse 13 and 14. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Notice Jesus called the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, a he, like a divine personality, Um, not just it. Some people refer to the Holy Spirit as it. It came all over me, you know. Um, Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he shall receive, receive of mine and show it unto you. I mean, like the humility of the Holy Spirit. Because he doesn't speak of himself. He takes what he sees and he translates it back. And so really, um, you can't get to know Jesus very well without the Holy Spirit. Because he is, uh, as Jesus said, the spirit of reality, or he'll take the things of Christ, right? He doesn't speak of himself. Whatever he hears that he speaks, he takes the things of Christ that belong to Christ, that Christ has, that Christ is, and he makes them real to you and to me. That's how they become real. And I started out the first week with my testimony of when I was... um, Uh, filled with the Holy Spirit in 1997. And I said, like, the biggest thing that happened, the most amazing thing that happened to me, the most supernatural thing that happened to me after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues was I looked at my Bible and I thought, I have, it was, it was, I still love thinking back on it because I would look at the scriptures and I would be like, I know I've seen this before, but I have never seen this before. And I had a friend and I would tell him, I'm like, I have never, and I had this, I remember the colors, like a burgundy Bible. I still have it. And I'm like, I have never, look, I said, you see this? I highlighted this, but I have never seen this before in my life. I have never seen this. Well, that's because I had light beyond myself right? Beyond. And when you're born again, when you become a Christian, we are recreated in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. But it's one thing to be born of the Spirit, and it's a whole other thing to be filled with the Spirit, okay? It's like, I think I use the example, you can have a glass of water and drink a glass of water, but that doesn't mean because I drink a glass of water that I'm full of water, 
I need to drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. And then somebody might like, would you like a drink? I'm like, no, I feel like I'm bursting at the seams. And uh, that's more equivalent to what the word of God is talking about, to be filled with the spirit. Now, um, I'm going to read a couple quotes from Smith Wigglesworth, um, who, how many people were raised from the dead? 13 people were raised from the dead under his ministry. Um, The Lord used him to do that. Right? And um, so he said, and he was a, a, great, a great minister in the early 1900s uh, over in England and over here, and then actually went internationally as well, um, besides the United States. He said, He desires us, the Lord, to be continually hungry to receive more and more of His Spirit. In the past, I've organized many conferences, and I've found that it's better for a man on my platform. This is Okay, this is in the day when they had, like, the ministers on the platform. (laughs) I'm kind of glad they don't have that anymore. (laughs) I found that it's better for a man uh, to have a man on the platform who has not received the baptism. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But who is hungry for all that God has for him. Then a man who has received the baptism and is satisfied and settled down to become stationary and stagnant. Now, some people quote that, and they don't quote this part. But of course, I would prefer a man who is baptized with the Holy Spirit and still hungry for more of God. So that's just to say that you can be born again and get sort of lukewarm or ho-hum. And you can be born again and filled with the Spirit and get lukewarm or ho-hum and just kind of like go with the flow. Actually, the bulk of the letters after the four Gospels, the bulk of the letters that we have in the New Testament that are written to the church, most of those are written to the church, um, were written by people that had, uh, they were written after they had experienced the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. So they're written from the perspective of a spirit-filled believer. And yet, we find, especially like in Corinthians, uh, they had a few issues <laughs> with their flesh, and they had a few issues with unity, and they had a few issues with a lot of things that you would say like, man, I got it made now. I got it made because I'm born again. I got it made because I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Well, somebody said, and I don't know who originated it, but they said, you know, why do you need to be like filled and filled again? It's because you leak. (laughs) And I like uh, even just talking about knowing the word of God in Hebrews chapters two, it says we have to pay extra special or more attention to the things that we've already heard uh, less than any times Basically, the margin says they leak out like water out of a leaky vessel or a cracked vessel. And so I always imagine those clay pots they had, the, the tall, they would have these tall vases like this and have water in it and you got a crack in it and it just is leaking out, leaking out, leaking out. And if it's not a big crack, you actually don't pay a lot of attention to it. If you're dipping water out of it, you're like, oh yeah, there's still water in there, you know? But then uh, you can come and if you leave that set for like a week, it's like almost empty, and drain and dry. And so um, it's important for us to, as we're going to go to where we, we, we left off before, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, uh, literally in the Greek it says, be being filled with the Spirit, speaking. And so it's important for us to be in that position where we are being filled. So like if I, I went to the uh, gas station last night to fill up the truck, and so... Um, diesel, so I put an additive in it, and then I put the, the pump in there and started pumping, and it's filling. It's being filled at that point. And then it got filled, and it clicked off, and I took it out. It's no longer being filled. It is filled. 
But as soon as I started it up, what happened? I started using <laughs> what I had just filled. Yeah. And so, um, you know, towing a trailer, we have a 27-foot trailer for the church. So towing a trailer like that, we get about, depending on the weather, you know, eight to nine miles to the gallon. So you can see the dial start to go down <laughs> pretty quickly. Well, imagine if we all had like this dial on our head yeah. that we could look at. Maybe we'd probably only, we'd want to be the only ones that could see it. So imagine if we had an app on our phone that we could measure our level of fullness. You might be like, ooh, it's time I'm getting down to a quarter of a tank. Uh, before I get stranded on the side of the road, I need to go get filled up. And, you know, I remember um, reading Charles Finney's autobiography. And Charles Finney said... Uh, that he found that if he, he called it the uh, lost the spirit of prayer and supplication. If I lost it for a day, a moment, an hour, even a minute, I was unable to effectively win souls to Christ because he had kind of let it lapse. And, uh, you know, you start to get more aware of other things when you're not full of the spirit. And so, you know, in Acts chapter two, verse four, uh, they were so full of the Holy Spirit that they accused them of being drunk. Right? You know, maybe staggering, maybe laughing, all of, all of these type of things. Well, let's put that like in um, everyday terms. So um, I've seen a bumper sticker, and I think maybe even on a t-shirt, says life was not meant to go through sober. <laughs> right? Life was not meant to go through sober. And I heard someone the other day, I don't remember which one I was listening to, and uh, it was some preaching, and they said, you know, if you look at the world and what's going on in the world and you focus on that, you're going to get depressed. <laughs> you know, and they're saying like a Christian should not be depressed. Exactly right. But if you start to focus on all of that, uh, what happens? You start to magnify that. It's like uh, we want to get a little, uh, we homeschool, so I want to get a little a microscope for the kids. And uh, if you start to focus on something, it's got like, well, this one has like four powers, you know, a little thing you turn, remember, in science class. And so you can start like 10 times, 20 times, 100 times, 1,000 times. And you realize as you go and focus on whatever you're looking at under the microscope, you get a, a, a fair amount of detail when you just put the slide under there. And you see, like you can see with your natural eye without any magnification. And then you put it under there 10 times. And you're like, whoa, look at that. There's little hairs on that thing, <laughs> right? And then you look... Like a hundred times, and you're like, whoa, look what that little hair is made of. <laughs> well, you understand, that can be good for us if we're magnifying the Lord and his word, or it can be horrible for us if we're magnifying what the devil's doing. Philippians chapter 4, great, uh, great chapter for uh, if you have trouble with anxiety or worry, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. But you know, if you stop there... Um, it reminds me of what Jesus said, uh, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he'll walk in dry places seeking rest and finding none, and he'll say to himself, hmm, I'll go back to the house from which I came. And he find it empty, swept, and garnished, right? So the spirits were cast out, but there's nothing in their place. And he'll say to himself, I'm going to find seven other spirits more wicked than me. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. 
So you think like, oh, this is really good uh, because now this is all changed. But if you don't actually put something in its place, which is the word of God, you're actually in a worse condition uh, because you understand like after you're born again, if you don't get in the word and feed off of the word, feed your spirit man the word of God, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you don't feed that, the devil, that principle of those demons in a person going and then coming back is the same. It happens after you're born again. Maybe not literal demons, but what you have is the devil will bring thoughts. Well, your life's not really changed. Look what you just did, or you're not really born again, or this or that. Why is he doing that? That's the only power he has. He has power of suggestion, and he wants to suggest it, and if he'll get people to work with him, he can kind of manipulate your circumstances as well. Why? He wants you to go outside of the Word of God because the Word of God defeated him. Jesus himself went into hell itself and took the keys of life and death and hell and disease and sickness and poverty from the devil. The Word did that. He knows if, you can, if he can get you off of the Word he can control you because he's all about controlling. But the Holy Spirit is not about controlling you. The Holy Spirit, you actually have to yield to him. You give him access and you say, Holy Spirit, I want you to have your way. Lord, I want your best for my life. Why? You know, we know that all the way from because God is a good God. And if a good God would let any person um, go to hell, that would be horrible. Would make him go to hell. Uh, so if he's a, a good God, you know, maybe got into an area I don't want to go fully there. But you understand that if you have a free will, you actually see the love of God in that rather than he has a bunch of robots. Because if he was going to force you to do something, he's going to force you to be born again because he loves you and he has a plan for you. And that was from the beginning. The plan was that every person would be in his family. And would actually never taste death or the curse. But Adam messed it up. So we'll talk to him later. <laughs> you, ever, you ever read from um, the, the Hebrew children in the wilderness and they're griping and complaining and they're doing this and that, whatever, and you read and you're like, how could they do that? I mean, they had like a pillar of fire uh, at night and a cloud during the day and, you know... And then you kind of experienced something in your life where the Lord did something supernatural. And right afterwards, you were like, I don't know if you're going to be able to do this, Lord. And you're like, oh, that's how they did that. <laughs> because what? Your focus gets off. But one of the best things about being filled with the Spirit is uh, you become, you can become like a drunk person. And I don't mean like you're like, uh, mm, obnoxious, thank you. <laughs> But what I mean is, your natural, like my natural personality without the Lord, um, is very like uh, planned and systematic. And um, so if something doesn't go according to the plan, it would upset me in my flesh. I would want to get upset about it. Uh, but when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I notice what happens is, like something maybe will break that wasn't supposed to break, and maybe that's something I needed for like to bring a cart in to load something into the church or whatever example I'm trying to think of. And, um, or like the, 
the, the stuff that was supposed to get shipped here last week to get all this stuff got stuck in the snowstorm or something like that. Well, if you're not full of the Holy Spirit and you're more my personality, you're going to be like, I cannot believe this is happening and what's going on. But when you stay full of the Spirit, you're like, <laughs> this is great. Well, why? that's insane. Like, why would you say that's great? Because God's going to do something else, and I'm going to see him show up some other way, and I'm going to watch him do something else. And uh, it just reminds me of someone being inebriated, because they're like, you know, they'll do stuff that uh, they have no business doing a lot of times, <laughs> and that they might regret later. Uh, but the good thing about being filled with the Spirit is, you don't have a hangover afterwards, and you're not going to do stuff that's uh, biblically wrong. You just actually get more free to yield to the Spirit of God and do things that in your heart you really want to do, but sometimes your flesh is like holding you back. Like, I like the, I should do this sometime in the offering. But they say, I heard, I heard a minister say like, all right, it's time for uh, offering. I'd like you all to take your purses and your wallets and hand it to the person to, the, to your left and give like you've always wanted to give. <laughs> give like Jesus is coming tomorrow. And... Um, you know, we don't seriously do that. We just joke about it. So don't anybody like hold on to your. <laughs> but you know, it'll actually make you a bigger giver. And you know, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, it actually makes you more patient with people. Your perspective changes. And you see, like, they had all of these um, people from different nations, different tongues. And when they got full of the Holy Spirit, it actually caused a great unity. Amazing. And they even spoke in languages that uh, each could understand. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. I don't actually, uh, I don't get it because I hear you speaking in a language I don't know, but I understand it. So this doesn't make any sense to me. We were in the Philippines in 2005. Uh, uh, Melody and I uh, connected with a minister over there who had several churches. And he sent us to three different churches, had great experience. One of my favorite ministry experiences because... Um, you know, we travel with Dad Hagen, and you get to know a, a little something about churches when you travel to different churches. And so we would go into a certain particular churches with Brother Hagen, and uh, boy, you could know just by talking to the people that were helping you set up how the meetings were going to be based on their hunger, their expectation, their attitude, and it's really amazing. And um, so we went to three different churches, very different churches, all, all filled with the Spirit, but just had a different flavor, all of them. And uh, the churches were in different places, and uh, not physic yes, physical as well, but also like spiritually. So I remember the third church, I remember all of them, but the third church, uh, in the Philippines, a lot of people speak English, but at this church, uh, it was down on... Uh, Saragau, actually in Saragau City in the south, uh, one of the southern islands, and um, not, mm, what would you say, like half or less, maybe 25% of the people in the church spoke English. And so the other places you didn't really need a translator, we had one for witnessing and stuff like that, but in many cases we didn't need it mostly for the church services. Well, this one we did. And so I've got a translator, and so I don't remember what we ministered on, but we uh, asked if anybody wanted to be filled with the Spirit, and a bunch of people came down, maybe like 10 or 15 people. And so I remember this. I'm laying hands on them, and I lay hands on this, this uh, and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and um, I want you just to begin to speak whatever he gives you, but it won't be in English, and then I would say, or it won't be your native language, because they're translating, and I realize, oh, not everybody speaking, speaks English. So, I lay hands on this young girl. She was probably, I don't know, 14, 15. And she started praising the Lord. 
it is the most beautiful praise I have ever heard in my entire life. And I wish I had recorded it. If I had a smart, didn't have smartphones back then, but I would have recorded it. And she's just like, it's so beautiful. And I thought, man, that's so beautiful. I don't want to interrupt her <laughs> because it's so beautiful. But I want her to get this. Like, she needs to have it because it's a benefit. You know, there's like, a, Kenneth Hagin has a book called 10 Reasons Every Believer Should Pray in Other Tongues and just the wonderful benefits, magnifying God and takes you out of, uh, gets you into mysteries and all different kinds of things, builds you up on your most holy faith. And so, but I did. I finally stopped her. I said, the, and I stopped her and I, I, I said, uh, Okay, now what I want you to do is the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and I want you to speak out what you have, and it, but it won't be in, a, in, your, in English. It won't be in a language you know. And so she does the same thing, and it's so beautiful. And the pastor's wife was over here maybe helping. She, she came over. And, no. <laughs> she came over, and when she came over, she said to me, uh, she said, she doesn't speak English. And I said... Oh, <laughs> and so I, the Lord like kind of opened the, the veil, so to speak, for me. So I actually heard her speak in tongues in English, and it was so beautiful and uh, so wonderful. And it's not always like that. You know, the Bible says you may speak in tongues of men and angels, uh, but I'm thankful for that glimpse uh, that I got to have. And, you know, it taught me something because I was like in my heart, I was like, I don't know, it seems like she received, but she's speaking English, you know? <laughs> And I want her to have this fully. <laughs> so you find that um, you can be uh, more or less aware of the presence of God and of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you can be somewhat what you want to call it, more or less um, full of the Spirit. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, I referred to it before, but it's good... Uh, to look on it, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and the supplication is like a real earnest prayer, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Uh, I'm reading the wrong chapter. That's a good verse, too. Um, <laughs> Let's start with verse 17. Wherefore, uh, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, uh, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. And so you see, like, he said, the Holy Spirit said, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. He said it through the mouth of Paul. Uh, but be filled with the Spirit. So you see, like, um, you know, before in Ephesians chapter 5, don't give place to the devil, uh, be kind one to another, and on and on. You see, like, through the experience of life, he's saying, uh, don't be drunk with wine. In other words, you may look at life and see, like, I need some medication to get through life. Because this is too much for me. And he's saying, you know what, like, uh, you could use the natural way. Uh, not saying to do it, but some people use natural. They'll use all kind of drugs or alcohol. But he said, when you experience this, don't, don't turn to that. Turn to the Spirit. Be full of the Spirit. And this is where in the Greek it literally says, be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking. Now, um, 
we learn over in um, Acts chapter 19, and I'm not going to turn there for the sake of time, but you can turn there. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6, you see when they came to Ephesus, they found certain believers there. And they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, well, we've not so much as heard whether there be any spirit. What are you talking about? And they said, well, then whose baptism were you baptized to? And they said, John's. And of course, we know John's baptism was a baptism of repentance with water. And uh, they were uh, Christians then. And so they basically said, well, uh, taught them about being filled with the spirit. And then they got filled with the spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. So we know like they were filled with the spirit. And yet over here... In Ephesians chapter 5, which is after Acts chapter 19, he's saying, um, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And it actually literally says, be being filled. And then we looked uh, last time as well at Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and Acts chapter 4. Acts 2, 4 was they were uh, all together in one place, and suddenly a sound from heaven came as a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole place where they were meeting, and tongues of fire shone over them, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to uh, speak the word of God. And then Acts chapter 4, and remember Acts chapter 3, they uh, healed the lame man, the Lord did, through them at the gate beautiful. It said, arise and walk, silver and gold I don't have. I'm trying to paraphrase it so we don't take too much time. Uh, but arise and walk. And so then the authorities got upset about it. And Acts chapter 4, after they were uh, you know, punished, released from, released, released from prison, then they prayed to God, the whole company. And they said, Lord, look at their threatenings. Because they said, you know, they said, okay, well, we're going to let you go. We'll beat you. We're going to let you go. But don't you ever do this in that name anymore. Don't you ever do this. And they said, okay, Lord, behold their threatenings. Uh, grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And great signs and wonders were done. Um, And so you see, again, the original 120 in the upper room actually needed to be refilled. Uh, because we leak. And so uh, we want to maintain a spirit-filled life and a life where we're just like connected to God and looking to him and going beyond our flesh. Like for me, um, uh, you know, sometimes I say like, if you, if, if you knew me without Jesus, because like I have like that particularness in my personality, I call it like jerks without Jesus. Because <laughs> sometimes like you ever see yourself and you're like, I don't like that part of myself. I need to read and pray and partake of the glory of God and the fellowship with the Lord. (laughs) Don't laugh too much there, right? So (laughs) my wife's going to do a lap around the church. But, But in all seriousness, like life's not meant to go through sober. In other words, if you do what you can do if you just pick the job that you can do, if you pick to live where you can survive and live, and if you say like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this because I figured it out, you know, you'll live like an ordinary life. Sometimes it won't be good. Sometimes it'll be okay. But if you yield to the Spirit of God and say, okay, Lord, you are my Lord in every area of my life. I want you to show up. Then you realize like 
you can be the best employee that your business has ever seen. Like what it would, what it, would it look like if you showed up tomorrow or this week or whenever next time you work is and you have the anointing of God smeared all over you? So much so that you're like giving that and him access uh, to say things and do things and even better yet, to keep your mouth shut sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes we need help. Right? The Bible says the love of Christ constrains us. <laughs> uh, but it says not just that. Like, if you want to go far with God and the word, like, read it in context. It says the love of Christ constrains us because we judge this way. If one died for all, then we're all dead. And they that live should not live for themselves anymore but for him that died for them and rose again. Amen. You realize that? And that's how the love of Christ constrains us because we don't like, okay, well then I have the love of God so now, so I'm not going to do that, but man, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. Well, no, you talk to yourself and you say, you know what? It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Uh, he took my death and my bad experience and he took my, my yielding to the flesh away so that I could take his life. And so now I have an opportunity in this situation to bring the nature, the life of God on the scene. And you know, the easy thing to do is what everybody else is doing. The easy thing to say is what everybody else is saying. Easy on your flesh. But if you live in the spirit, you'll find yourself saying stuff that you don't even realize. I remember one time... I had just been uh, meditating on the word and uh, praising the Lord, singing to him in my heart and uh, speaking in other tongues. And I think I was shopping around. I don't remember where I was. I think I, maybe it was at Walmart in Broken Arrow. And somebody came up to me and said, uh, asked me a question. And I said, I said, glory to God. And, I thought, I said, and then I tried to like, because was, that was my meditation in my heart. And I was trying to like answer their question. I kept praising the Lord just for like a, a sentence or so or something like that. And I'm like, I said, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Like over there and do this, that or whatever. But you realize that um, when you get so full of the Holy Spirit, you don't even sometimes realize what you're doing. And some of the greatest leadings that you will have in your life will be unconscious leadings of the Lord. Like, I, you know, you say like, you know, you tell a testimony like, I don't even know why I did it. I just ended up over here and then the Lord did this. And he said to do this, and I did it, and it, it was amazing. Like, and I didn't even come up with it. And then we tell it like we're so amazed, like God could do something without us knowing about it ahead of time, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it's so important that we uh, be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians uh, 5, 18 through 21 says, be filled speaking, verse 19, singing, verse 20, giving thanks, verse 21, submitting. So you'll find when you're filled with the Spirit, uh, you know, you got a good report, and you're singing to the Lord, and you're singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, things from the Lord, and you're easy to get along with. And you're like, you know, oh, we're, we're gonna, somebody's like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to go here, and you're thinking, that is crazy, but okay, that sounds great, let's go ahead, because you don't have to have, like, the say-so, you don't have to have, like, uh, get credit for this or that or whatever, you're like, okay, if this is what we're doing, then this is what we're doing. And uh, they, they got so full in the, in the book of Acts at the beginning of the church that they're like, you know what? Anybody need anything? Like, I'm going to sell some stuff, and I have this, and I have that. And um, the Lord just used them because they're like, I'm available, whatever you want. And it 
blows your mind, like the Holy Spirit will blow your mind. Go beyond the limitations that you would put on yourself. And the Lord will use you, and he will use me, and he will use our church to do things that go beyond our comprehension, exceeding abundantly above, Ephesians said, all we could ask or think or imagine. I don't know about you, but I can imagine a lot. (laughs) And so I encourage you, uh, be being filled with the Spirit. Um, Everyone stand, if you would, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Um, You know, uh, we're going to continue this next week, uh, but I never like to give a message without uh, giving you good application. And so this week, I encourage you, uh, if you have been uh, filled with the Spirit, the initial experience then I encourage you to get up in the presence of God, just like they did in Acts chapter 4. When they prayed, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. And how do you receive uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit initially, a refilling of the Spirit? The same way that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, by faith. And faith is simply trusting what God said is true. And Jesus even told us, if we ask for the Holy Spirit, if a child asks for food, would his father give him a serpent or scorpion? How much uh, more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And so all you have to do is ask and trust God. Now, you don't have to figure it out in your head. You don't have to figure out, look, oh, it's this, it's a 21 steps to this and that and everything else like that. No, 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 no. You just simply trust. And so I encourage you, anytime you're receiving anything from God, go back to when you were born again and you approach that situation that way. Simple faith and trust. And, um, and that's how you receive. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning or you're listening online and uh, you do not know Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and Savior, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And they're real. And if you don't know where you would spend eternity if you were to draw your last breath right now, I invite you to come down and we'll pray with you and for you because Jesus Christ died for you, suffered for you, and rose again for you and for all of us that we could have the life of God and the nature of God. If you have never been filled with the Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, but you'd like to, then I also invite you to come down. We'll lay hands on you just like they did, uh, like Paul did many times. And... Um, We'll see you full of the Holy Spirit, on fire for God. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and be witnesses unto me. Your life will change. Your lifestyle will change. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful experience. So if that's you this morning, you're listening or you're here. If you're listening, just email us at info at anchordc.org. We'll get you some materials. If you're here, just come forward and we'll pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is life and health to all of our flesh, that your word gives us light so that we know which way to go and what to do. Father, we thank you that you watch over your word to perform it, and that you've sown your word into our lives. Father, I thank you for an abundant harvest, that we are doers of your word, not just people that listen, but we put your word into practice. Father, we just thank you for a fresh infilling of your spirit that we go beyond our natural limitations and we allow you to use us. We declare, and say this with me if you agree, we are fully yielded. Say, I am fully yielded to your spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, have your way. 
Father God, thank you for the Holy Spirit that will teach us, reveal the things of Christ to us, make everything of Christ so real to us. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, understanding, flowing in each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.